preparing us for the word of the Lord. Amen. We're so delighted that we have been able to spend this last two months with Brother Stevenson. And I know that Pastor has said it. This is not the end of revival. Amen. I would hope that over the last two months, the messages that have been preached by this man over here, got down in your heart and got a hold of something inside of you that has challenged you to go a little deeper and a little further that when he's gone that can continue and that God can continue to do some of the things that have been preached over this pulpit and the spirit that has been in this place and stirring you messages from giving messages of sacrifice messages of prayer there's not anything I don't think we've went over but we're going to keep going tonight. And God, if you'll let him, he'll do something great again in this place. Amen. How many of you are ready for the word of God tonight? Why don't you lift your hands as our evangelist comes tonight? God bless you. Amen. Can we worship the Lord together all over the building? I love you, Jesus. What a great God. What a great God. Hallelujah. Thank the Lord. Amen, amen. Well, it is indeed a wonderful thing to be a part of the kingdom of God and what he has been doing in this church. Thus, par for the course for the evangelist is starting and ending. My kids hate it. That's why they left earlier today. They hate goodbyes. But they... uh, they love you very much, and I love you very much. I love Brother and Sister Hughes and their family. I, I don't say a lot during long revivals for the sake of redundancy, but few men have taught me more about how to be an evangelist than Brother Hughes, and he doesn't even know when he's teaching. But I learned a long time ago, you can live and learn, or you can listen and learn. And I've learned that listening is a whole lot easier than living. I remember when I first, one of the first times I ever walked in his office, I looked around. I said, boy, you sure do have a lot of books. And he said something that I still just as real as if I was standing there. He said, well, Sunday comes faster than you think. And that didn't make a lick of sense. I had ten messages to, I could preach. But the longer I do it, I realize that as soon as I'm ending on Sunday, I'm praying, God, give me a hot one. Because Sunday will be here before you know it. But I love these wonderful people. I love Brother Landon and Sister Sarah and their family. I know sometimes he can feel in the shadows just kind of the nature of the, the youth pastor role. But he carries a lot of weight here. And I know that uh, y'all love him very much. And I love him very much. And uh, he's, a, he's a great friend. And uh, I, I'm so thankful that um, he is being being used by God. Let's see, I, yeah, I think that's all you wrote down for the landing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm picking with you. I love you, man. I really do. <laughs> Had a hard time reading his writing, but I got it out. <laughs> I wouldn't do that with everybody, but that's a friend of mine. I love him very, very much. Amen. But we're not done yet, and if I'm going to preach as hard as I can tonight, if you'll get with me, And you'll worship as hard as you can. I don't think God's done. Turn with me to Joshua chapter 6. Amen. I can't forget the music. Amen. This gentleman up here has done a tremendous job. I know he don't like the attention, but if I could take him everywhere I go, we could have revival. Amen.
He knows how to flow in the Holy Ghost, and that can't be taught. That's only caught, and uh, he knows how to do it. And I'm so thankful for the direction he's leading the music department. Joshua 6, let's begin reading with verse number 1. Now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. The Lord said unto Jericho, See, I have given into thy hand Jericho and the king thereof and the mighty men of valor. And ye shall compass the city, all ye men of war, and go round about the city once. Thus shalt thou do six days. Seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram's horns. The seventh day ye shall compass the city seven times, and the priests shall blow with the trumpets. It shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when ye hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout. The wall of the city shall fall down flat, and the people shall ascend up every man straight before him. Verse number 20. So the people shouted when the priests blew with the trumpets. And it came to pass when the people heard the sound of the trumpet and the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat so that the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. If you'll allow me just a few moments, I want to preach tonight on the last night of revival, if walls could talk. If walls could talk. Father, we thank you for this word. We thank you for every person that made the trip tonight to the house of God. I just believe the Holy Ghost is going to step in. It's going to minister. Lord, we want to be able to leave this place knowing that we have received everything that you have for us. Let the Spirit of Almighty God work in ways that only you can work. I thank you tonight for what you're going to do in this house why don't we clap our hands under the Lord right now and give him praise? Come on, just for a moment. Get your heart ready for what God's going to do in this house. Oh, Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Lord bless you. You may be seated if walls could talk. That phrase has been repeated time and time again and oftentimes in a joking manner. There is an underlying element of truth to that very statement. Consider this with me tonight. If walls could talk, secrets would be revealed, lies would be exposed, and truth would take center stage. If walls could talk, tragedy could have been avoided, hearts would have gone unbroken, and futures may have been altered. If walls could talk, leaders would have never taken office, laws would have never passed, and society could see behind the curtain. If walls could talk, our ears would never tire of hearing the reports of yesteryear. Our manner of conduct would be much different, and our lives would be filled with less regret. The one element we fail to take into consideration is the wall. It's seemingly inconspicuous, almost an afterthought. Never really notice them until they aren't there. You see, walls are expressions. They do talk. 
if you'll listen. They talk in various ways. They say things all the time. Walls have the ability to speak into a person's life. You see, you can tell a lot about a person by looking at their walls. When you go into someone's house, I'm a nosy person. My wife says I'm nosy, but I have a different term. I'm observant. There's a difference. I notice everything. I, I'm a people watcher. You want to have a good book? Go sit at the food court for about an hour. You can see enough stuff to write a novel. And when I go into people's homes, some of you are never going to invite me over because you know I'm going to be looking at all your stuff. But when I go into people's homes, I notice what they have hanging on the wall. I can tell their love for family by the lack of pictures or the abundance of pictures. I know one one um, friend of mine. Actually, it's a, it's on my wife's side of the family. It's not my side of the family. It's on my wife's side of the family. You look at their photo albums, at this particular person's photo album of all of her, her children. Anytime someone was divorced and remarried, she would cut the head off of the old body and put the picture of the new person's head on that body. You can tell a lot about how somebody thinks if you just kind of you just get observant like me. Walls talk all the time. You can tell what kind of art they like. You can tell what kind of colors they like. You can look at the family. Walls talk. Walls come in all shapes and sizes. There's tall walls and short walls, thick walls, thin walls, straight walls, round walls, wood walls, stone walls. And lest I sound like a Dr. Seuss book, you can finish the rest of it in your own mind. Walls have been around for centuries, yet we rarely stop to consider the wall. We talk about the people, but we never talk about the wall. With this in mind, we look at Joshua chapter 6 differently. It changes our perception, and we see it from a different angle. Because oftentimes, we look at Joshua chapter 6 through the eyes of the people. And we know the story quite well when God told Joshua that I have given you the city. And you take the people and march once a day for six days. On the seventh day, you march seven times, and then you blow, have the priests blow the trumpet, and the people shout, and the walls came down, and they were victorious. Now, I want you to allow your imagination to work with me for the next few moments. We know what God said. We know what Joshua said. We can assume what the people would have said, seeing as how that they were like us. And when you're looking at an impossible situation, you know how you think. But let's tonight see what the walls would say. Because the walls were the only thing other than God that saw both sides of the story. The walls saw the children of God. And on the other side, the wall saw the enemy, or what we would call the kingdom of darkness. If walls could talk tonight, I wonder what the walls of Jericho would say. 
I believe tonight we need to understand that there are walls in our own lives. There are things in our own spirit. And the enemy would build these walls. And the enemy would keep walls of depression and walls of fear, walls of misunderstanding and walls of hurt. And if we look at the walls of Jericho, we can then learn how to deal with our own walls. You see, you can act tonight like there are no walls in your life. You can turn your head in denial and point the fingers at others, or you can realize tonight that the walls will speak to me. The walls will speak words of faith, words of encouragement, and words of strength. If walls could talk tonight, I believe the walls of Jericho would say this. The enemy is more scared of you than you are of him. Now, the Bible says Jericho was straightly shut up. Why was Jericho shut up? Because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. The enemy shut the city up because of God's people that were on the outside. Now the walls are looking, and on one side they see God's people, and on the other side they see the enemy. And what they notice is this, that the enemy is scared to death of the children of God. You hear me tonight. we got to understand something. We are not spiritual weaklings. We are not cowering to an enemy that's already been defeated. My friend, if you got the Holy Ghost in you, you've got power in your life. I don't have to wake up in the morning scared of what the devil's going to do to me. He's running because I woke up. We got way too many people that are in an identity crisis. They're, 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 they're waking up. And you talk to some of these people, I've just been fighting the devil all day long. I'm thinking to myself, why would you fight somebody that's already lost? Why would you spend all of your energy swinging at your shadow? If you got the Holy Ghost, the enemy is running when you open your eyes because you are a child of the King. You have power. Why would you live your life worrying about what the devil is going to do to me? Worried about we got. It's not that we don't know who we are. We don't know who we are in God. You are a chosen generation. You're a royal priesthood. You're a peculiar people. You are joint heirs with Christ. You know what that means? That word joint heirs mean? That means that you have equal partnership or power. We are joint heirs with Christ. The same power that he had, he gave to you. He gave you power of the blood, power of the name, power of the word, and why are we going to live in fear? Why are we going to come barely dragging through to church? Honey, it ought to be, you ought to be excited when things start going wrong in your life. Because God is going to use that situation. What's, what's so funny is this. Not funny, but peculiar. 
is that we read of, of the 12 spies that went to Canaan. And two came back and said, we can do it. And ten came back and said, we're as grasshoppers in their sight. And we make fun of them. How could those ten be so uh, lack of faith? But we repeat that same illustration in our own life. We look at that impossible situation, and there's no way, God. There's just no way. And we live in fear. And we put the enemy on such a great pedestal. And because of their unbelief, they had to wander for 40 years until all that unbelief was dealt with. Honey, you ought to look at that impossible situation and realize that that impossible situation is a grasshopper in my sight. Because I'm a child of God. And if God be for me, who can be against me? I am a child of God. The enemy recognizes that the devil is more scared. The walls tell us the devil is more scared of us than we are of him. Here's the problem. We know what we think, but we don't know what the devil thinks. We, can't, we don't understand. We, we just know the battles that wage in our own mind. But the enemy is, is, is fears you more than you fear him. You see, if walls could talk, they would say your determination demoralizes the devil. Watch this. For one solid week, Jericho never tried to launch an offensive attack. One solid. And all the people, they didn't have weapons. They had ram's horns. What are they going to do? Beat them with a ram horn, okay? They had no weapons. But the enemy never tried to make an offensive attack. Well, I'm just picturing this in my mind. Here's, Here's the walls in the middle. Here's Jericho right here. Here's God's people right here. And on day one, they just march. The next day, he could hear them. What are they doing? I don't know. They're marching again. Next day, what are they doing? They're marching again. Why won't they stop and give up? I don't know, but they just keep on going. You see, there's something to be said for a child of God that will just keep on going. There's something to be said for coming to the house of God in the midst of peril, in the midst of problems, in the midst of the fight of your life. But you just keep on going. You just keep on coming. You just keep on worshiping. You just keep on keeping on. And it throws the enemy into disarray. Do you realize there's a thing called morale? some things that will drain morale. And one of them is when you do something that they didn't think you would do. I was talking to somebody earlier. You ever ever know those people that they're constantly messing with other people? And the only reason they mess with them is because they get a rise out of them. And the more you react like they want you to react the more they do what you don't want them to do. But when you just stop and you don't pay them no mind and you act like they don't bother you at all and you just keep on keeping on, pretty soon they stop messing with you because you're not reacting like they thought you that they want you to react. 
Let me tell you, when things start going crazy in your life and you stop worshiping and you stop coming to church and you stop praying and you stop reading your Bible, then you're doing exactly what he wants you to do. But how do you mess with the devil's plan and how do you mess with his mind? Is when everything's going crazy, you say, I will bless the Lord at all times. I'm going to the house of God and I'm going to worship with everything within me. I'm not going to give him the satisfaction of knowing that he's messing with my stuff. Far too often we play right into his hand. React just like he wants us to react. We do just what he wants us to do. We come to church and we just sit there. I've been there. Hey, I've been in services where the preacher was giving the altar call and I didn't even know he started preaching. I was so out of it. I was so zoned out. I was thinking of it. Y'all laughing because you know I just read your mail. I'm. I've been, in, I've been in services where the thing went crazy, and I caught myself doing everything everybody else was doing. But my spirit wasn't there. I was so zoned in on all the junk going on in my life. I was trying to figure out how it was all going to work out. I, I mean, you know what it's like. You're in church, but you're at church, but you're not in church. You're going through the motions, but your soul is not in it. Your spirit's not in it. And I realized, Tyler, you're doing exactly what the enemy wants you to do. You're doing. You're not getting any. You're not going anywhere. You're not getting anything out of it. But somewhere in my spirit, I had to wake myself up and realize I'm going to do the opposite of what I feel like doing. If I don't feel like worshiping, I'm going to worship. If I don't feel like clapping, I'm going to clap. If I don't feel like doing it, I'm going to do it. I got to provoke myself because I'm not going to do what the enemy wants me to do. I'm going to do the opposite of what he wants me to do. Somebody needs to stir your soul tonight and say, Rejoice not against me, oh my enemy. I may be in the fight of my life, but I'm not staying right here. Come on, just for a moment, why don't you worship the Lord with me? Yeah, if walls could talk tonight, I'm telling you, walls can fall in this place. Tell you, if walls could talk, this is what they say. The size of the wall is no match for the strength of your shout. It doesn't matter how big the wall is. It doesn't matter how long it's been there. If you could realize the power of the shout. You see, a lot of people make noise, but they don't shout. There's a difference in opening your mouth and screaming. That's noise. And a shout, a shout is the voice of faith. Hey, I've been in a lot of services where I made noise, and the only thing I did was get tired and wrinkle my clothes. And the bigger I get, I just start rocking and say, God, just may, we'll compensate for running this thing. Let me move a little bit. You know what I'm talking about, God? I'm going to shout right here. But you've got to realize that when you, re- when you cross over from just making noise, Bible says, oh, clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. There's a difference in just screaming and then a shout for victory. See, 
A lot of people shout because we are reactionary people. We shout after the victory. Nobody has to teach me to shout when I get a check in the mail. Nobody has to teach me to shout or tell me to shout when when somebody, when God heals my body or, or does a miracle in my life. Because we're all super spiritual after the miracle. We all know how to shout after the miracle. But the Bible says shout for the victory. That means it ain't happened yet, but I'm going to shout as if it's already done. Because my faith says that the walls are going to come down. That the impossible situation is going to be in taking place. My, my God, hear me tonight. If you can open your mouth and realize that the only thing keeping my wall up is the lack of my shout. But when I put a voice with my faith, then the walls in my life will begin to crumble. Let me just tell you, there's some people, they don't need more counseling. They don't need more books. We got more books, we also got more problems. They don't need five steps to success. What they need is to realize when's the last time that I got lost in the Holy Ghost and let my faith shout through me. When's the last time you ask Paul and Silas what it's like to be in an impossible situation? That was a wall. They were chained up. There was nowhere to go. You see, we, we're somewhere. We're somewhere in our mind. We've got we got this mentality that we're always supposed to be happy living for God. Joy and happiness are two different things. Joy is a confidence inside that everything's going to be all right. My joy does not change with my circumstances. Happiness is an emotion that, is, that can change with circumstances. But your happiness has no bearing on his worthiness. Whether I'm happy or not, I can still open my mouth and let out a shout of praise unto God. Because God is worthy every single day. God is worthy every single moment. In the middle of my trial, he's worthy. In the middle of my circumstances, he's worthy. He's worthy to be praised. I can open my mouth and shout for victory, regardless of what's going on in my life, because God does not change. Just for a moment, I want you to begin to open your mouth and begin to magnify the Lord. If you need a wall to come down, you open your mouth. If you need something to crumble in your life, you open your mouth. All over the building, I want you to begin to magnify the Lord with me. Come on, I'm not going any further right now until we see something break in the Holy Ghost. There's people in this building, you need a wall to come down. And the only way it's going to happen is you're going to open up your mouth and begin to magnify the Lord with me. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah.